Welcome to the Sonorities Podcast, connecting musicians and sharing the stories of the School of Music community at the University of Illinois. Over the course of the next three episodes, we will speak with three Illini who have been nominated for this year's Grammy Awards. They are Illinois student Sophia Bird, orchestra conductor James Blatchley, and choral conductor Donald Nally. In this episode, we speak with Sophia Bird, who is a senior in the Lyric Theater at Illinois program. Sophia performed as a vocalist in the new work entitled Place by American composer Ted Hearn, and which is nominated in the Best Chamber Music or Small Ensemble Performance category. Welcome, Sophia. As you enter the final semester at Illinois, what were some of the highlights of the last three and a half years? Oh, my gosh. Um, I would say that my my favorite experience of all of college was getting to do crazy for you when I was a sophomore. It was the year of tap for the Cranert Center. Um, and so crazy for you has a ton of tap dancing. And I only had like a year of tap experience. And there were a lot of people in the show that had never tapped before at all. So um, I was in the show with my roommate and my two other very good friends, which was just a ton of fun. And there was just so much joy on stage. And I think we're all missing a little bit of that right now. So it's really nice to look back at a big group of people on stage doing the thing. So tell us about Place. How did you get involved in the project? Yeah. So growing up, um, I'm from Chicago and I started in this organization called the Chicago Children's Choir when I was eight, maybe very, very small. And I sang happy birthday a million times was my very first audition and they would like have everyone in the room singing it and they would just come up to you and put their ear right up to your mouth and listen to you. So it didn't, you weren't singing by yourself, but they would really, they really knew how to single you out. Um, So I auditioned for that group and then I spent 10 years in it and became very close with the artistic director, Josephine Lee. And she's been such an incredible mentor and has always looked out for me. So she was actually cast in place, which um, had several other Chicago Children's Choir alumni. Uh, The composer, Ted Hearn, is an alumnus of the Chicago Children's Choir as well. So when they were looking for someone to understudy one of the roles, Josephine was like, hey, I have this student. She just graduated last year. She's a freshman in college. Um, You should fly her out for the workshop, have her learn the music. And just so that you have someone on deck. So I learned all of the female parts for the role first. Um, And there are three women in the show um, out of a cast of six. And then um, eventually one of the one of the actors had to pull out um, because she got this amazing other opportunity. And they were like, all right, Sophia, you're in. So I had two weeks to learn the role and jump in. And then we premiered it in New York. And the rest is history. What can you tell us about the origins of Place? It was commissioned by the L.A. Phil. Um, Ted is based in L.A. He's a professor at USC and does a lot of work with the L.A. Philharmonic. So I think that was the connection there. I don't I don't know. I don't want to misspeak. I'm not entirely sure how that happened. But then Beth Morrison Productions um, got on board to produce Um, And then I think she continued the ties with the L.A. Phil and or helped orchestrate the premiere at the BAM Next Wave Festival. Um, And it just really Ted is 
a good friend to everyone that he meets. So people want to work with him. So I think just a lot of people were excited about the project and about um, the what the project stands for and what it represents. So people wanted to be involved. And if we mention, of course, the, the composer, Ted Hearn, we should also mention by name Saul Williams. Um, Yes. Who's listed as a poet and a librettist for this project. Yeah. Right? He's one of the most brilliant minds that you will ever meet. Sharing space with him feels like being in the room with Jesus. I think that's just really the best way to describe it. He's so brilliant and so kind. So I want to tie it to something that I read on your website. You come right out on your website on the home, you know, sophiabird.com, uh, which we'll link in the notes. Um and right away you say, I am a multi-hyphenated creator seeking to amplify the marginalized and disseminate joy. And uh, also looking up information about place, you know, some of the librettos taken from James Baldwin. So in this day, the current day of, mm-hmm. of reckoning in so many ways, um, h- how do we amplify the marginalized um, and keep joy? Yeah, I mean, my personal philosophy about making art is that it is not, it is, art is not worth it if you are not using it to do something. If you're not using your platform to make a difference, then why are you making the art in the first place? Um, It's meaningless. And so I think that as an artist, I get, I receive joy selfishly from making art that matters. Um, I think. I am bored and disinterested in working with projects that aren't actively seeking out justice. Um, And then I think it is also important to remember that, you know, we want, everyone should want the world to be a better place for everyone. I'm a um, part of the LGBTQ community and a person of color and a woman. And so I feel like I am constantly having to fight for my right to exist in certain spaces, um, especially in the classical music industry that this uh, workplace exists so heavily in. And so I think um, there's a certain joy in working to find equity and equality and representation um, in the field and in the world through art. Um, And I think watching art that matters feels fulfilling in in a way that's different. I think it is important to remember that as someone that likes to focus my work on justice and justice seeking um, to give myself space to still have joy in that because that's a lot of emotional labor to do in my craft and in my art. And I think that if I can remind myself that I do it because I love it and I do it because I can maybe make one person smile in the audience or bring one person to tears because they discovered something about themselves or about the world. That's joy. Um, do you have any thoughts on the topic of the show, uh, which broadly is uh, gentrification and coming from Chicago? I, you know, I know that's a big deal in Chicago, like any urban center. Uh, what do you, what, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, I think Ted did a really masterful job at writing about gentrification. I think as a white man, that was a an interesting line to walk because he was born and raised in Chicago and then moved out to New York and was effectively a gentrifier, is effectively a gentrifier by being able to live in these communities like Fort Greene that the the work premiered in. Um, where, whereas other families that have lived there for generations are being pushed out because the rent gets raised and the daycare down the street got turned into a trendy coffee shop. 
And so I think I was very interested when I was handed the concept and the score to see how Ted accomplished writing about something that he is a part of. I'm a part of it by being able to live in a cute apartment in Champaign where it used to be an undeveloped neighborhood, you know. And so I think what made it work was the combination of Ted and Saul's minds together. Um, Ted wrote the lyrics to the first section of the show and wrote it about his personal experience with being a gentrifier, um, but also, you know, struggling with his marriage and celebrating his kid's birthday, but not feeling joy in that moment, celebrating the kid's birthday, looking at the birthday balloons floating up to the ceiling and, you know, wondering how to find meaning. Um, and then he handed those that text to Saul was like, can you write a response? Because I think it is more important for the show to continue from a person of color's perspective. And how can we talk about this from someone whose family was pushed out of Fort Greene? Um, Saul's family lived in Brooklyn for uh, years and years. I don't know how long, but I think generations of people until they were pushed out by gentrification. Um, so I think that perspective is what makes the piece effective um and just both of their heart uh, was in it as uh, along with the director Patri patricia mcgregor who was also um part of the conceptualization of the work um just really emphasizing that we need to make this about the people that it affects and not speak over those experiences place is nominated in two categories this year Best Chamber Music or Small Ensemble Performance, and also in the Best Contemporary Classical Composition category. Where were you when you found out? I was sitting at my parents' dining room table, and I'm like scrolling through Instagram. I don't even know what I was doing. Maybe like eating a sandwich, who's to say? And I got a text from one of my friends who I haven't spoken to in months, and she's like, hey, congratulations on your Grammy nomination. And I was like, huh, that's interesting what do you mean? What are you talking about? And she's, she sent me a screenshot. She was like, yeah, place got nominated for two Grammys. Congratulations. So yes. And then I screamed. I, I came across another uh, project in my Facebook feed recently, collaborating with uh, an acquaintance of mine, an old friend, Reggie Chapman. Um, this is called Cranes in the Sky. And you're featured as a singer. And uh, it's part of, he's calling it part of his pressure fit project which is his name i think for his um ad hoc ensemble and and various projects uh talk about cranes in the sky yeah so when i was ooh maybe a sophomore i might have been a freshman even but reggie was doing um a gig at what is it called the great cover-up in champagne um and for the great cover-up they pick different local bands to cover other artists or bands and so he got assigned Solange he's like hey Sophia um, he had heard me sing once or twice he's like hey do you want to come and do some Solange covers and sing for the band and I was like oh sure um, and so we went and we did a couple gigs and it was really great he let me pick out my favorite Solange songs because I am a huge Beyonce and Solange fan I love them I aspire um, and so he let me pick out some of the songs Cranes in the Sky was one of them um, really because of that last, there's a very high note at the end. I think it's an A or something. And I just wanted to see if I could do it the way that she does it. And I can't yet, but one day. Um, and so we did that one. And then earlier in 
this semester, he was like, hey, I want to kind of record a little music video for um, the Cranes in the Sky. I was wondering if you would do the vocals again. So I recorded it in my bedroom um, with a little black backdrop and my microphone and we made it work in my at-home studio. And then he was like, yep, I'm going to release it on Spotify. Like, okay, sounds great. Well, he has it everywhere. I see Bandcamp, Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud. Um, yeah, definitely check it. The band is amazing, and his arrangement is so so brilliant. Yeah, we'll be sure to link that in the in the show notes. And you mentioned on your website that you have a new album that you're working on. What can you tell us about this new project? Yeah, so I'm working on it with my friend Joey Parker and my other friend Alan Zhu. It's going to be seven songs, and it should be coming out in March. It's my very first album that is just me by myself um but i can't i would never accept money for playing any instrument i feel like i can do a lot of things in art but i cannot play piano so i needed some help so joey is this brilliant brilliant pianist and so we've been working on a bunch of arrangements of my songs and he's dealt with my terrible garage band demos and has really been a great collaborator i'm very excited it should be coming out in march it's kind of Neo soul, funk, jazz, pop. Multi hyphenated music, right? Multi hyphenated music, yes. I'm excited. What was the inspiration for this new album? So, right before quarantine, Joey um, asked if I would give him some vocals for one of his songs that he had been working on. And I listened to it and I was like, this is the best song I've ever heard. I love it. It's going to be on the album. And so I did the vocals and I was like, oh, this is so good. This feels great. Like, I don't know, it gave me joy. And I think when you get those feelings from collaborations, it's important to take hold of them and use them as an opportunity because I think it is rare to feel what I call music magic. Um, And there are just certain people that give me music magic and Joey Parker is one of them. So I was like, will you help me make an album? And then quarantine hit and I was like, all right, we're going to channel all of my antsy creative energy. I can't sit still kind of feeling into some music. Um, And it started with a song because I was like, I want to write a song that switches meters at least five times in the song. And he was like, you're weird. And I was like, I know, but he's like, I love it. And I think just him giving me that validation of, I want to make something so weird, but make it sound to non-musicians, not weird. He's like, that sounds great. So that was the first one we really wrote together. Still haven't figured out what the bass line is going to play because it changes meters five times. I don't want to kill a bassist. Um, But yeah, then the rest of the songs kind of fell into place, trying to experiment with what can sound like popular music and sound pleasant to people who are not musicians and want easy listening, but can also stimulate the minds of more advanced musicians. So that's my goal. Looking forward to the new year. What's your biggest hope for 2021? Oh gosh. I don't know. That's a tough, my biggest hope personally is for me to really ground myself in my personal artistic mission I think if I can do that, then no matter what the industry looks like next year, I'll be able to figure it out. Um, And I would love to continue making the world a better place. I'm very excited to, for all of the new energy that 
artists, but people everywhere have for justice finding and justice seeking. Um, that's been really, really encouraging to me during these very challenging times politically. Um, and so I think I am looking forward to continuing to be a part of the movement towards uh, equity and justice and figuring out my, my place in that and how I can use my art to continue to do that. What are your plans after graduation? I was contracted to work last summer um, at Ozark Actors Theater, and our contract got postponed to this summer. So I might be in Matilda um, working towards my equity points to join the union. I'm going to continue auditioning. I would really love to just be on stage and share some art with people. Um, that's really my goal. So any way that I can do that, that's not dinner theater and not amusement park work because I did that. And it is not for me, but I'm very excited for other performance opportunities and just trying to audition as much as I can and do the grind and make it happen. Thank you so much for speaking with us, Sophia. I've really enjoyed learning more about some of your recent projects. Wish you the best for your final semester here at Illinois and really looking forward to some of your future projects. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun and such an honor. The Sonorities Podcast is a production of the School of Music of the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, and is the copyright of the Board of Trustees of the University of Illinois. For information about the print edition of Sonorities, or to find additional episodes of this podcast, visit us on the web at music.illinois.edu slash sonorities. In our next two episodes, we'll hear from two more Grammy-nominated Illini, James Blatchley and then Donald Nally. The Sonorities Podcast is produced by Stephen Burian and Rebecca Price, and our theme music was composed by Justin M. Brower. Music